Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the Chicago White Sox 7, the Cleveland Guardians 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And I'm going to be honest with you, morning people, baseball is just not that enjoyable when your baseball team is playing like this. I... I actually was excited for the rookies to get some opportunities this week. I I was excited to see what they had. But we find ourselves in a situation where we have a collection of wonderful get-on-base hitters. And we don't have any drive-them-in hitters in this lineup. How do I know that? Because we go 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. Quan scores from first base in that first inning. Looked like we were, maybe, maybe this lineup was going to do something fun. Josh Bell cleaning up. Andres Jimenez hitting third. Brennan hitting fifth. Tyler Freeman in there at third base. Rokio starting at shortstop. That's exciting, right? That should be exciting. Those three guys in the middle of your lineup. But they're all on-base guys. They're not the guys that are going to... They're not 100 RBI guys. I mean, with Ramirez on his bereavement leave, and he's expected to be back for the series in New York, and Bell still hasn't really found it yet, Naylor apparently can only do it in the eighth inning, and he might be hurt. He's not playing in this series. There's just not an RBI guy in this lineup. Zanino is in the slump of all slumps. He Zanino's either in the slump of all slumps or he's done. Like he's legitimately done. I the the catching situation, we've we've hammered it enough. David Fry pinch hits for him late in the game, gets a hit. Fry is the only, our emergency third catcher is the only person to represent the catchers in the hit column for the month of May. I, we're all done with Zanino. The entire city of Cleveland is done with Mike Zanino. A failed experiment. You wasted a little money in the offseason. Move on. You can't be this bad. You, you can't. I. I know Francona believes in anybody that's got a baseball card, that they'll regress back to their average, right? They're mean. But why suffer through this? Why, if, if Francona won't make that decision, Antonetti and Chernoff have to make the decision for him. It's Francona's job to believe in his players. It's Francona's job to support his players, to say they're going to hit their way out of that slump, that they're going to turn things around, that he believes in their track record. That is his job. It is Antonetti and Chernoff's job to give Francona the tools to be successful. And giving him these two catchers is not giving him the tools to be successful. Zanino calls it, it, the pitchers pitch terrible when they're with him. He doesn't block anything. All those wild pitches, believe me, all those... Can't say... All right. Can't speak in definitives, right? You know? All right. Not all, but most of those wild pitches 
that happen when Zanino's back there, we all know they're pass balls. We all know. The, the official score might be being nice to the catcher's position, but we all know that they're Zanino's fault. He doesn't block anything. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not a fun game. It, this wasn't a fun game. Battenfield gets absolutely lit up by the Chicago White Sox hitters. Chicago has had a decent offense all, all season. Their pitching is terrible. You know, at some point, Underwood makes the comment, oh, you know, the White Sox finally found some pitching. I, I don't think so, Matt. I don't think so. I think the White Sox finally got a vacation by having to face Cleveland's lineup. We have been doing it all season. We have been making bad pitchers. We've been making pitchers with ERAs over five, over six. We've been making them look great all season. And we do the same thing for Mike Clevenger here. We do the same thing for Ronaldo Lopez, who's carrying a 7.23 ERA and was in a major jam. Walks in a run. Did the run I mean, the run got credited to Clevenger, right? Clevenger's the one that put uh that gave up the hit to Fry. So uh Ronaldo Lopez doesn't get credit with a run, but he walks in a run, but he's got a 7.23 ERA. And we couldn't get the big hit off him. We have been making bad pitchers look great. Not just even average. Not okay. Not good. Great. All season. And that's exactly what the gift we're giving to the White Sox this series. Okay. Uh, We got an email from uh, Greg. Uh, Greg uh, basically gave up after that bases loaded situation. He says, I know the game's not even over, but only... After only scratching one run out of the bases loaded situation, I think we know it's over, especially with this lineup. I think I can speak for a lot of us that this team is just not fun to watch right now. No Jose, no Naylor, just makes it even worse for this series. What I'll say, Greg, is, again, I was excited that, it's weird to say because someone went on the bereavement list, so you know something happened. So I wasn't excited about that. But the fact that Jose was going to be away for a few days and it wasn't injury-related, and I said this yesterday... I was excited that some rookies were going to get a few extra at-bats. A Freeman and a Rokio, we'd, we'd at least get a fair look at them, uh, you know, starting in a game. And we did. Rokio got to play shortstop. So I, I, I got to see what I wanted to see. It just didn't didn't work out. So uh, Bannonfield looked really bad tonight, returning to Greg's email. Everything was flat and right down the middle. Sure, we had hits here and there, but just zero life. Are they even having fun? Tons of terrible looks on players' faces in this game. I'm happy to see some rookies in there tonight, but it didn't really help. I want to be positive. I really do, but the White Sox are not good. We are not playing good baseball against really bad teams. Is that going to change? He asked to end his email. Thank you, Greg. If you want to email in, if you're as frustrated as me and Greg are, ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. The show is designed to get your voice in there. So come on, hit up that email box. Greg gets it. He's been in on it. Vent your frustrations to me. That's what this show was designed to be for. It's accessible to you. Jump in. Be a part of the conversation. Is that going to change, Greg? No. No, not right now. Because guess what? 
We are a bad team. We're a bottom 10 in the league team. We're not a playoff team, despite being in the American League Central, where we're somehow ridiculously still just hanging around there. The, the the crazy thing, and you know, I said this to my wife before I came up to record. She's like, you don't sound like you're having fun doing the podcast right now. And I was like, it's not the not the podcast. I'm not having fun watching this team. And yet, someone threw out, you know, those those accounts that throw out all those stats on Twitter, all those Cleveland stats, uh, Twitter accounts you could follow. Someone threw out the standings under the Francona era up until this point in the season. And 19 and 23 is exactly what we were last year. But last year felt like something was building. Something was happening. A change was occurring. Something positive was happening on the horizon. It feels like the exact opposite this year. The reg- uh, Someone else said the regression has been um, incredible. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? Guys that we thought were all-star level players. I don't want to rag too hard on Jimenez, but 238 batting average and a 678 OPS is not what I expected this year from Andres Jimenez. I expected our all-star. It's a 226 from Josh Bell and a 697 OPS. I expected a little more pop, to be quite honest, from Josh Bell. Brennan, a 209 batting average. I didn't ex- and a 5.33 OPS. I didn't expect a high OPS. I would be okay if Brennan had a 600 something OPS, but was hitting 275, 300, and just wasn't slugging at all. I'd be fine with that. Honest to God, Quan is literally carrying this team offensively right now. 276 batting average, 725 OPS. On base three times in this game, including uh, two walks and a double. He was trying. He was absolutely trying from that leadoff spot. But again, an on-base guy. Uh, Straw was on base three times tonight. A hit, a double, and two walks as well. Both Quan and Straw, you're nine and one hitters. That's exactly what you want. Straw turning it over to Quan. Both of those guys getting on base. You're giving so many opportunities to two, three, four in the lineup. Rosario goes 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. It's just, man, it's just terrible. We have too many on-base guys and nobody to drive them in. Terrible, just a terrible offensive game. The fact that they go 0 for 11. I mean, we could go through the situations, but I basically laid it out for you. That That's what it was. Every inning, a couple guys get on base. And nobody's there to drive him in. And the worst of it was the uh, the seventh inning. Even though we're down a ton in the seventh, you get a leadoff single from David Fry, pinch hitting in that catching position. Straw draws that walk. Quan draws that walk. We got the bases loaded, and Ahmed Rosario strikes out. Jimenez pops out. Josh Bell draws a walk, so he does get a run home, but then Brennan strikes out as well. Where were the Guardian hitters? It felt like it was all high fastballs, didn't it? Let's take a look. Plate appearances, strikeouts. Let's see where the Guardians hitters were striking out. No, it wasn't all high fastballs. Uh, Clevenger. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Slider down and away. That has to be. 
Oh, it's a cutter down in a way to Ahmed Rosario. Well, okay. Something something with a little horizontal movement down below the knees. That's how Ahmed Rosario strikes out every time. Zanino chased a slider down. The three that were up, Zanino chased a slider up. That's right, he struck out twice again. Uh, Tyler Freeman, the four-seam fastball uh, on a 3-2 count in the sixth inning. And Josh Bell chased on a 2-2 count. That was with runners on. Uh, chased a four-seam fastball up around his shoulders. He was pissed about that one. Yeah, he was not happy about that one. Uh, that's right. Ronaldo Lopez gets uh, gets Ahmed Rosario chasing a high fastball. This was in the seventh inning. This was with the bases loaded in a 3-2 count. He chases that high fastball. Uh, and Brendan struck out on a curveball to Ronaldo Lopez. So uh, he did go up high against Clevenger. Uh, oh, no, that was Tyler Freeman. Okay, so uh, Brendan's strikeout comes from a curveball down against Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, Joe Kelly gets a strikeout uh, going in on Tyler Freeman with a hard, hard stuff way off the plate. What, what is Freeman swinging at there? Uh, so, yeah. That's that's the strikeouts uh, for your uh, for your Chicago White Sox pitchers. So yeah, in some bad situations, strikeouts with runners on base. That's that's killer. That's rough stuff. I mean, it sucks the life out of an offense. You know, Greg said they didn't look like they're having fun. You know, I caught a few of the post game interviews and Banfields wasn't great and they got Freeman on the mic too and kind of gave the cliche yeah we're in a rut right now but just wait when we turn this thing around it's gonna be good you can only say that for so long I mean we're past the quarter mark of the season it's 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 going to be time to turn this thing on or start making other plans for how this season's going to end now it's possible I mean, we're in the middle of May. It is absolutely 100% possible that this team does flip a switch. Whereas, I, you know, maybe when Jose Ramirez comes back, they flip a switch. And maybe when uh, Tristan McKenzie comes back, maybe that's what they're waiting for. It's the beginning of June. They flip a switch. They have a blistering hot June and July. And then this is all ancient history. And we just chalk it up to, man, Cleveland starts slow. Honestly, it could still happen. What were the Nationals were like 30 games out of first place and like turned it on starting in July and climbed all the way back to win the World Series that year. Crazy things have happened. Second halves of the season can be way different. How many All-Stars have you seen that just fall off a cliff the second half of the season? Their stats just plummet. Because it's a long ride. And we're only in the middle of May. But God, has it been rough. You're so excited for baseball to start. You're so excited for your team to get out there, to see what you got, to see how they improved over the offseason, what they've been working on. They have to take a step forward, right? That's what you think. That's what they were training to do. They were training to take a step forward the next time they step out on that Major League Diamond. And then to sit here and watch this regression night after night, it sucks. It sucks to be a fan uh, and watch this over and over again. Watch Zanino, who can't even make contact right now. To watch Rosario chasing sliders and breaking pitches down and away. It's it's rough stuff. 
All right, we should talk about uh, Peyton Banfield because he got hammered by the uh, the White Sox in four and third innings, gives up nine hits, five earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts, three home runs allowed on seventy five pitches. He is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Who got him for home runs? It was the middle of their lineup: Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. Who went and got himself thrown out of the game later? I mean, he exploded on the home plate umpire. What the heck was going on? And then Jake Berger, your all-star slow pitch softball uh, MVP for sure. If he, uh, <laughs> except he's playing in the major leagues and he's treating it exactly like it was slow pitch softball. That's that's how Berger is swinging right now. Goes three for four on this one with a triple and a home run, two RBIs. Dude's hitting 278 with a 1.095 OPS. Just mashing baseballs. Uh, hit one 101.1, 107.8, and 110.6. Man, just blistering the baseball right now. So, yeah, the White Sox tee off. Absolutely tee off on us. Uh, and you know what? With Baden Field. I, you know, I looked at his game logs, and his problem in April was the walks. You know, th- three walks, four walks, four walks in his starts in April. He's cut down on the walks, at least. But in its place now has been home runs. Uh, he went through a string where he gave up a, one home run in four consecutive starts. His last start against Detroit, he didn't give up any home runs. He just gave up five runs on seven hits. So he just got hit around like crazy, but no walks and no home runs. And then in this one, yeah, three home runs. That's unacceptable. That's a little too many home runs to be giving up. Uh, So he absolutely gets hammered. And it is the fastball. All three of them come on fastballs that are middle of the plate-ish and basically down around the thighs, you know, just below the belt. Uh, and they're all uh, fastballs right there, kind of middle of the plate, easy for guys to, you know, extend on and uh, absolutely blast. Let's see what the exit velocity were on these three home runs. Gavin Sheets was at 107.1. Uh, Andrew Vaughn's was at 110.2. And Burgers was at 107.8. Uh, yeah, these things were smoked. Uh, so Banfield, his fastball has not been good. I mean, he's 0-5 now with a 5.19 ERA in six starts, seven games pitched, but six starts. It, it's only a 1.33 whip, which actually isn't that bad of a whip, but things are bad for Peyton Banfield. He is in the first percentile for exit velocity. First, the worst in all of baseball, when it comes to... And this isn't even max exit velocity. That would just be one hard-hit ball you gave up. This is an average exit velocity first. So, of all the pitchers in baseball, he is getting hammered the most. Uh, seventh in barrel percentage. Again, same, basically same kind of thing. Uh, he's not striking people out. K percentage is 34th percentile. It's not good. It's it's not good stuff. Uh, his uh, the barrel percentage, league average is six point eight percent. Remember, barrels are both launch angle and exit velocity. You got to have the combo, the right launch angle with a ninety five plus mile per hour exit velocity. So league average is six point eight barrels. 
He's at 13.6. That is significantly higher than league average when it comes to barrels. Uh, and it, the fastball. He is struggling with the fastball. Uh, they're hitting. He throws mostly fastball cutter. He's at 45% fastballs, 39.7. So basically 40% cutters. So yeah, 85-ish percent of his pitches are fastball or cutter. A few curve and a few change mixed in there. The the cutter, they're only hitting 160 against. That's not bad. 300 slugging, 460 expected slugging, but 300 slugging. Uh, he has given up two home runs on the cutter, but now he's up to five home runs on that four-seam fastball. The cutter, it's got a 33.7% whiff rate. That's not terrible. Uh, but the fastball, the four-seam fastball, they're hitting 278 off it, a 481 true slugging, a 560 expected slugging. Like I said, five home runs off it now. Uh, he was at five doubles before the game. I don't know. Did he give up any doubles in this one? I don't know if there was any other extra base hits that he personally gave up in this one. I know Benintendi had a double later in the game. That might have been off the bull, the bullpen. Um, off of Eli Morgan. I can't remember. Um, so, yeah. So, he's getting slugged off that fastball. It's got a whiff rate of 14.3. Remember, the cutter had a whiff rate of 33.7. Decent. 14.3% whiff rate on that four-seam fastball. And only puts hitters away at 9.1% of the time. Still a small sample size. So, it's only got a run value of plus 2. Uh, but the cutter's at negative one, the curve's at negative one, and the changeup's at zero. This pitch is a plus run value, which you do not want as a pitcher. So that's my little report on Peyton Banfield there. Uh, it's it's not going well. And as soon as Savali and McKenzie are ready to come back, I think we all know whose spot in the rotation goes first. It's Banfield going back down at AAA. Not going back to the bullpen. He's he's going back down to AAA. It's it's the only logical thing. Savali and McKenzie are both supposed to throw like 60-pitch rehab games uh, somewhere in the minor leagues very soon. I think they said Savali was going to be this weekend. So you're still looking. They're still got to figure out a few more starts. If it's bad in field or it's somebody else, McKenzie and Savali are not going to be ready yet. I have no idea. What is Plesak doing down in AAA? Has anyone been keeping an eye on that? I have no idea. But they're going to have to find somebody. Uh, if Battenfield isn't cutting it, they're going to have to find somebody to cover a few more starts before those two guys are ready off the IL. So it's a terrible game for him. Uh, I mean, the rest of the bullpen hangs in there. Eli Morgan does give up a few runs. Uh, Henches gets out of things for Eli Morgan. Uh, and then Xavier Curry... He's been pitching great in relief. Two innings, uh, you know, a hit, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts on 30 pitches over two innings. Uh, he's hard to twice. He's been doing mostly mop-up rolls lately, but he's at least been pitching effectively and not making matters worse. I could say that at least for him. So, uh, yeah, so kudos to Xavier Curry for, you know, at least holding his own when he's out there on the mound. Oh, man. That was an angry episode, wasn't it? I think I'm going to wrap it up right there. I think I've said my piece tonight. Uh, this this team needs to do more than just stay with the process and let these things work out, right? I think we're beyond expecting everyone to just 
come back to their career averages. Somebody's got to step in. If Francona is in full player protect mode right now, then it's got to be Chernoff and Antonetti who step in and make some changes and make some changes. It does feel like if Brennan and Tyler Freeman continue to get regular at-bats, especially Freeman. I mean, Freeman sits for like a week, comes in, gets a hit, like it's no trouble. Uh, I I would like to see what a month of those guys... I know Brennan has gotten way more at-bats. Freeman, it'd be nice to see what a month or a month and two of Freeman getting regular at-bats would look like. I don't know where... Apparently him and Gabriel Arias were taking fly balls in right field, so I don't know if Freeman can go out there at a major league level and play right field, but uh it 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 would be interesting to see to get him to get him more than a game a week. It would be interesting for Tyler Freeman. So that's all my thoughts on this one. MVP on the day. Uh I, I know Straw and Quan uh basically had identical games but uh Quan again as the leader offensively out there especially on a night when Jose and uh and Naylor aren't there I thought Quan it was really impactful that he was at least trying to get rally started now, you know what what the heck Straw and Quan co-MVPs on the day both with doubles both with two walks Quan did come across to score they stranded Straw out there multiple times so why not co-MVPs on the day? Quan also made... No, no. You know what? You know what? Scratch that. Scratch it. Quan separated himself with the diving catch he made in left field. I think that was in the first inning. Uh, he laid out, Superman dived, and uh, took a hit away. Uh, was that the first batter of the game? Uh, took a hit away from... Uh, from Tim Anderson. Yes, it was. Uh, first batter of the game. So the defensive play is the separator there. It had a 540 expected batting average, and he snagged that 101 mile per hour line drive. So Quan uh, gets MVP on the day for the defense. All right, that is all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final. We ain't winning this series uh, from Chicago. It's the White Sox 7, your Guardians 2. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Just like Greg did, let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to Anchor, no, I'm not, Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, that's right, Anchor became Spotify. Go to the link in the show notes. You can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball morning.